We're alive. Not really. From Studio 1A. <laughs> how's and, it going, man? Um, yeah, how's it going? Did you show going you about well. how my brain doesn't work anymore? Uh, yeah, children eat brains. They're, they're brain zombies. So yeah. I've been like tweeting like I posted a, I posted a tweet a few weeks ago about me like basically doing like a rec- recursive commit message because I was like just so tired that I typed it like several like the commit I typed commit several times <laughs> and I did it again yesterday like I typed git commit dash m and then the message I typed git commit dash m again inside the commit message I'm like, okay, this means I need to stop. <laughs> I probably shouldn't be committing this. I'm done for the day. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing? Cool. I'm doing, I'm doing well. I'm feeling a sense of clarity on a Monday, which is a wow. good feeling to have on a Monday. Yeah. Wait, why? Why? Wow. Because it sounds like, so nice. Okay. It sounds nice. Well, you've got clarity too. You clearly have paying customers. I do. According to Stripe, we have 10 in there. One of them is me. I mean, I am paying. Nice. <laughs> yeah, and I don't plan on churning. <laughs> so. And then we yeah, have a couple of prepayments as well. So, But these are like real Stripe subscriptions. Cool. That's great. And 10 is... Club 3 You feel digit. like you're still... Yeah, I'm just going to put you in the hot seat. Do you feel like you're still getting... Well, what what are you getting out of those 10 other than the 19 bucks a month? Do you feel like you're getting valuable valuable feedback? Yeah. Um, okay. And how does that compare to what you already knew? Like, is it, oh, that's valuable and I didn't really think of that? Uh, it's a mix. It's... Um, some of it is like that. Like it's it's a few different things. It's like some of it is just when, like, on the like basic level, when people share a form with a couple hundred people or something like that, that's when you start to see those errors come through on the front end from like someone using some Android version on a Chinese phone that you don't mm. know about or. Mm-hmm. on this version of safari like a button works differently than this version on chrome like i know this is shocking mm-hmm. but stuff like that <laughs> mm-hmm. and so that that's one thing it's just like more it's just water coming through the pipes and you know you're spotting leaks and stuff like that and then yeah. there is another level which is like we have an idea about the features we need but we keep changing the priority because it, mm. we try to adapt to the kind of people that we're working with right now. Because to me, mm-hmm. like from a strategic standpoint, if I have a list of 10 things that we need to build in the next month and three of them gets this customer started, but I wasn't necessarily planning on starting with those three. Like I don't mind starting with those if it gets me the next customer because it's it doesn't change our tra- trajectory or anything about our product strategy it just like it's just the order of things so there's def like that's probably what there's most of it's like okay everyone actually needs this thing so it's more important than we thought it's not just a feature that is like you know 10 percent people need a feature it's more like okay this is a blocker for more and more people 
Mm -hmm. And then the third okay. one is what you said. It's like, oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that use case. Mm -hmm. And that's when you have to think yeah. about, okay, is this is this going to inform my, you know, my roadmap, or is this a bad fit? Or yeah, yeah. I um, I'm curious now. I've heard, um, and I've lost my voice a little bit this morning, so you may, you may be able to tell. But uh, I was curious. Do you have a date in mind? Are you time boxing yourself and saying we are going to launch by this date? Or are you feature blocking yourself and that feature list is is what's determining that? I guess that'd be the first part of the question. Yeah. This is a nice interview. You do really really well. I'm just really curious about reform. Yeah. So I I, I no, so I've been using it all weekend and it's on yeah. my mind. So it's on my mind. I'm like yeah, I'm so you're excited. A customer. Well, Ryan is a customer. I, it says Ryan on the invoice. Uh, it does say that. Yeah, he said <laughs> he's that. the one with the should, company credit card. I should go check. Well, I'm just really curious because I, I think yeah. But I, I'll, I said I'll answer your question. Yeah, yeah, I'll answer yeah, your question. It. It's it's answer um, the question. It's actually the first thing on my list as well because <laughs> we, I said on the last po podcast that we hope to start sending out invites this week or last week maybe I think last week actually, and then mm -hmm. it didn't feel right because there was still too many things that we wanted to fix and or not just fix more add and most of the feedback we get right now is the same so it's like we should probably just get that done like we don't need more people to tell us the same thing if that makes sense mm -hmm. i think that's what you were alluding yep. to as well and then yeah um the the thing is i think derek put it in a really he put it really well when I asked you guys about like what if I should, you know, push out the launch or just go for it. And, and basically he, he, he asked me if I knew what we needed to build and I did. <laughs> so it's like, you're, we're not really blocked by the feedback right now. We're blocked by the product and mm -hmm. there's not really a reason to launch until we no longer get people signing like we i mean we get signups right now because people are talking to me mostly people that i know but i'm also sort of like slowly inviting more like strangers to try it out um really small numbers still but you know people are reaching out to me with a specific use case and i you know tell them about the product and let them sign up and a few of them have become customers as we said so that's actually enough feedback right now and we it's it's better to launch when we need you know feedback from more people in a sense right and yeah, I mean, uh, yeah yeah once you do need feedback from other people you can't really do any better like the product no, i mean not going to improve so what what are you waiting for at that point right <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly like if you're just sitting around like speculating about features and stuff like that but we like we just we know right now what we need and mm -hmm. some like so the way Derek's done this many times now, but the way he always says it is like, how much could you get done in if you really if you really gave it a go? Like, how much could you get done in one or two weeks? And then when we started to think about it, it's like, okay, we would actually get like it would be much better in two weeks. And from a, not from a like, oh, this is going to change everything, or like this is a killer feature or something. More like, okay, <laughs> everyone has told us they need this. Or we can tell that they're confused about that. 
let's get it mm. fixed and then launch or start. Like it's not like going to be a big launch like that, but we're going to like start sending out batches of invite, right? Right. Cool. So so uh, we told ourselves last week let's let's give it another two weeks, and then okay. <laughs> Bjorn informed me that it's actually a public holiday this weekend and most people it's on the thursday and most people take friday off as well so we're going to do that as well um which i think is probably a good idea like so we'll just get a lot of stuff done in the first three days this week and then have a really nice break that we both need and then see see how it goes <laughs> in the week after cool um, and i mean we already just today, like we got some really good stuff out and I, I feel very optimistic about that part. Did I answer your question? You did. And then uh, right as you were uh, finishing there, I got a call on my phone from someone and it took over my Bluetooth headphones so I couldn't hear you for a second. No. <laughs> but I, I, I got the, uh, yeah, uh, I understand. And so it sounds like it's uh, after after that holiday, you'll be ready to go with a launch where you're inviting in waves of people. And right. any feeling for those, I mean, you're going to be manually emailing people, right? At first. So it's going to be like, yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, that's kind of what I'm doing now. Like if it's the right, like if, mm -hmm. so, like if someone has, like you can, you can tease it out of me now by filling out that <laughs> use case field on our form, right? Yeah. And yeah, then I'll, like take I did, the, I'll take the bait. <laughs> <laughs> like I did last Thursday. I'm like, yeah. I'm going live. So so this is a fun situation or, or to find myself in where I was talking to Ryan. We wanted to relaunch the new... Maybe I'll shift into my update instead of yeah. cross-examining you. Yeah. So la la last week, we had a pretty big change um, on the maker and manager side. On the maker side, Shipped a very basic um, marketing page, but the the work was actually in rebranding. So we rebranded. Uh, we're still Summit. We like the name, um, but we changed the logo, changed the colors, and made it clear. Trying to make it clear to others that we are really launching with, let's say, a horizontal tool like Airtable or you know, a similar sort of productive notion, these kinds of things. And uh, so we, we were going to move that live and Ryan had mocked up like what he, what he thought, cause he basically runs marketing. He says like, this is what we want the page to look like. And like, cool. So I'm, I'm wearing my developer hat. I'm like, all right, so what, what are we going to link to here for this request access button? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, I just figured we'd use, you know, um, I, I thought we, I thought we had a tool like that. I was like, well, no, not really. Like intercom doesn't do this. And, we had ConvertKit, but we, you know, we stopped using ConvertKit maybe however many months ago because it was just for a mailing list, which is sort of a moot point once you have a freemium product out. So kind of need to go back. And I'm like, so what do we sign up for that's going to let us collect email addresses? And I thought about a couple tools, but I'm like, but this is just like kind of a throwaway situation. Like we just need it to do this, but then... I don't know, I cancel a subscription after 30 days with one of these mailing list companies just to have a mailing list, like a MailChimp or a ConvertKit or whatever. And then I, suddenly it occurs to me, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, I'm so dumb. <laughs> I, just like, I was like, we should be using Reform. So I was like, well, you know what we should be using? And I linked him to the site. And I just said, I knew you, right? Um, 
uh, just understatement of the century kind of thing. And so I, I linked him to the site, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, this looks perfect." Because I didn't want to taint the witness. Yeah, you like, sent me the, great. the thread. Like, I really like yeah, the way you did it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Oh, this is really clean," and like we get to we can just and we can use it for other use. Yeah, he was like, "It's multi-purpose." Yeah, yeah, multi-purpose because then it's like, well, we have those. We don't need that anymore. But we don't. It's almost like the burden to cancel the other thing. We don't want that. So, you know, it was really nice for us to find something that was, uh, you know, again, more broadly appealing. So we um, so we were happy to find uh, Reform, you know, yeah, and uh, put it to work. Yeah, that was awesome. And I like I told Bjorn that you were you became a customer. And I think at first he's like, yeah, I mean, you're friends. <laughs> but I'm, I was like, yeah, but it's actually, it was his COO and it, it kind of like happened organically. Like they actually needed a tool like this. And, and then of course, like yeah. Matt, he, he linked to it, but he didn't really, you know, like push it through or anything like that. And so it was, it was, it was more real than it sounds. <laughs> it was yeah. Funny. Yeah. I wanted to be, cause I wanted to, I wanted to see for your sake how it went. Uh, it was fun for me to watch and see, you know, what's, what's the reaction being? It was sort of like, oh, perfect. Love it. Done. Signed up. It's like, great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel good. So, and uh, yeah, we, we've had, um, you had some signups. Well. Yeah, that. we had, we had 28 signups uh, between Friday and over the weekend and then a few more this morning. So, which feels really good. I mean, it's funny because as I've told people, We've been on this journey for a while, for 18 months now, and I've had multiple lists like this where people sign up. And part of me was like, ah, you know, we've already got, we've already got all these free signups. You know, why am I going to do this again? It feels a little silly. Like I'm going to ask people to sign up again. But you know, there, there's mil- there's millions and billions of people out there, and a lot of them haven't been to the website yet. And they don't know what we're about, and they read about it on Twitter, and so it's kind of a new start. So I just said, you know what? Let's just put another list out. And uh, give ourselves the chance of, um, you know, give ourselves the chance here of collecting some emails, and yeah, it's it's working. So what was really exciting is if you look at the form submissions, we added a option on there to say what kind of work you do, and because we are building a tool now that is more, as I keep saying, horizontal, we were really appealing, trying to appeal, want to win people outside of the finance department, and. Uh, What's cool is we're seeing signups from people who are in categories like software development, product management, growth. Um, and I think that bodes really well because, you know, we're not trying to, again, we're not just trying to sell to f- the finance department uh, with the new product. So uh, I'm encouraged. It's, it's a little bit of, little bit of wind in the sails, you know, uh, to, to get going here with the new, with the new product. So, yeah, it's, I mean, you haven't done a big splash or anything like it. Right, you just you just sl- it slipped on Twitter or something like that. Yeah, I just announced. I just shared the link on Twitter, tweeted it out, and you know, twenty eight signups in three days feels I compl- great. I complimented you on your form. Yeah, yeah, definitely <laughs> the X factor. Yeah. I mean, it, it 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 does make me wonder if when this launches, um, well, I think uh, you know, I think Derek had a great way of doing it where he didn't do the product hunt thing until he f- knew people were happy with it. And right. so I think it's, it'd be premature to do a big splash, mm-hmm. but we will be sometime in the next, say four to five weeks, say June, we're going to update the homepage to be a lot more content. It's actually, you know, going to be a cr- 
proper homepage and we'll be amplifying our own signal right we'll be amplifying our own signal in that sense but i don't think we'll be doing anything um product hunt like or whatever and i frankly with all the product market fit kool-aid i've been drinking lately (laughs) yeah if i don't see lots of organic traffic growth i will know that it's still not right you know that will be yeah, that'll be the big thing. I want to see growth in users and and customers just from putting it out there. Um, yeah, yeah, on the internet. I think and, product hunt should yeah. be a growth strategy, even if it's one off. Yes. Mm-hmm. It should be a growth strategy and not a launch strategy. I think. Yeah, actually, that's really it's way, too great risky. way to put it. It's too risky, yeah. right? Because you only have one. You only have one shot on product hunt. And what if it's not ready yet? You and you don't really mm-hmm. know if you haven't had a lot of people come through already mm-hmm. yeah and um i tweeted out this morning this this thread about product market fit where i was listening to andy ratcliffe uh in a number of different podcasts all similar so it reinforced um a lot of the same thoughts but the thing was he, he is one that coined product market fit and he talked about how exponential organic growth is his litmus test his number one litmus test and it doesn't ha- mean it has to be huge numbers, but like if you share it with five people, you should see, you know, seven or 10 the next day without having to, or the next week without having to like launch and launch and launch and push and push and push, right? You should see growth at that level um, in that way. Yeah. It's compounding. Uh, like it's like if you show Warren yeah. Buffett, it's like, it's like here's a hundred bucks and you, the, you know, you made you 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 hold it for or you put it in this whatever asset, and then you make ten bucks. Yeah, and ten bucks is not a lot, but if your brain works in the way that Warren Buffett's brain works, like you'll you'll look <laughs> at that and you'll be like, oh. And then if I do that for seventy years, or like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, you should yeah. see it compound. That's right. And I think you know, small numbers being what they are, the first five people, maybe none of them are the type of people that share things you know you can definitely have random things like that where the first five people are just not the sharing types but if you give it to if you know if you tell a thousand people about it within that thousand there's going to be some people who if it really blows them away are going to share it with a bunch of people and so um i think that's going to be our our test but our first test is just do we love it does do matt ryan and giles love it and uh, i don't love it yet (laughs) But I went through the product a couple times last week and again this morning building stuff and basically creating a laundry list of friction points, just UX friction points that I'm experiencing as I try to use the tool and things that knocked me out of flow state where I was making something, kind of was having fun and then suddenly, ah, you know, I had to do this thing. And then I was got back into that state and having a little bit of fun. That, ugh, now I got to do this thing. And I think that's a really good test with this tool because it is a tool where you're constructing something is how often and how long can you stay in that state where you're really just interacting with the thing that you're making as opposed to... You had a to, great tweet about this. Yeah. Oh, uh, thanks. Was that the one where it was about the kind of the pulse? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, about uh, like for you well one of the points you had was that you had to be an expert yourself though you were the first expert but if you can't really become an expert it's probably because you can't really get into that flow state or something like that 
Yeah, I, the bar is set. I'm setting the bar low at first and saying, look, I am an expert of experts of this tool. Therefore, I really ought to be able to get into a flow state with it, right? Because if I can't, no one else is going to be able to, for yeah, sure. Such so, a good point. So my, my thought was, you know, a, a fl- I said the pulse of a nascent tool is an expert's ability to get into a flow state with it. A flat line means an expert can't get there at all. That's not really where I was. I said signs of a pulse means an expert can get there. So it's like, oh, I got there for like four seconds, <laughs> you know, and then a rhythm means an expert can stay there. So, you know, you're creating, you're interacting, you're creating, and you know, you, that's where you really lose track of time. Um, and I said, once, once, once I can get into a rhythm with it, then it's like, okay, you know, how do I create more experts? You know, how do I get other people to be as fluent in summit event language as I am and get them into this tool and get them to that place? And now that sounds repeatable and scalable, but if I can't get into a flow state with this thing, then yeah, it's still not ready. Um, and I was, you know, I won't, I won't say how close I was close enough where it was like, so what I did is I made, this might be helpful for others who are building tools. It's like, I went to the tool with that desire to get into that state. I, you know, and I just forced myself to push through and push through, push through. And then I finally got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm done. And then I went through and I went into our wiki uh, and I wrote up a stream of consciousness uh, article basically on, Hey, I sat down, I tried to do this thing and I wrote probably two or three pages or more, maybe four pages of solid, pretty solid text with some you know, broken up paragraphs. And I just said, moment by moment, here's the play by play of what I experienced, what I was thinking in my head. Cause you could do a screen recording, but a screen recording is also like sort of what was going on inside your head. So I try to just do a truly like play by play what was going on inside my head for Giles you know to read and he took that and said you know okay based on based on what I just read and all the issues you encountered here's a list of 30 ideas I have of things we could do to improve you know remove friction from the product um, and then since then I went through and I rated each of those 30 ideas as you know either high, medium, or low impact. And then I kind of drew a line and I said, okay, here's here's where I think if all of these had been there, I think I could have gotten into that rhythm. And so that's what he's working on now from a maker's standpoint is just getting through those, you know, list of say 13 things out of 31 or whatever it is where, hey, if you can create a new event by hitting the end key, if you can copy paste, if you can do these things, you would have been able to just stay in that creative state um, much much easier. So, so that's what we're working on this week is removing that friction. Um, and yeah, I think helping me get to the point where I can create with it and not feel like I have to take my eyes off of it, um, to figure out what I'm supposed to do, you know, and other thought, like there's this, there's this book that I got called, what is it? Uh, I'll insert the name, uh, somewhere later, but, uh, she talks about, the author talks about how with creative tools, with painters, you know, when you're painting, and I, I, I did art a lot as a kid and still some to this day, but like you, you get in that zone where you're creating and then, then there's always that moment where you step back and you look at it and then you keep going and then you step back and you look at it and you keep going. And I think with the tool today, 
I had some issues just when I was even trying to use the thing. And then when I stepped back, I would really fall out of the flow, you know, in order to really orient myself again. And so I think it's all about just, yeah, giving people the, the tighter you can make that loop, you know, the less interrupted, the less they have to pull back, the farther back they have to go, uh, the worse it is. So I think that's, yeah, that's the idea. Um, and I'm just really excited because it gives us a clear, it's subjective in, the, in, in that way. So it's not strict in, in the clarity sense, but it, it's sort of a, you know it if it's happening. Like, you know, <laughs> and imagine this way, sort of change, change topics or, or hand the mic over to you. Like I imagine with Reform and the Form Builder, it's probably a similar desire is for people to feel like they're sort of creating these things and not having to, you know, get stuck or I don't know, where, where are you guys at? Yeah, I mean, um, we're at a that. similar similar spot, I guess, except we're more like we've moved more into the user feedback. Like we've mm, mm-hmm. we've already gotten so used to the tool. Like we can, of course, spot things, but we're just we just we know how to mm-hmm. how to do things already. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's always like a day or two after, like if you're in release a feature, like there's a day or two where I can. I can still have like a new perspective on that feature. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's really more based on the user feedback. But I think mm-hmm. the thing that's really difficult for us right now is like the our forms look very simple and very clean. They are. And it's actually it's more difficult than you think to just have a to just build a clean, simple form. But then building a layer on top of that where other people can build same form and not just going the easy route where it's like you have everything in this like next to it where you fill out the labels and the blah like all this op- options and stuff like that but you actually have it more interactive so you're building like you're working on the form like that's how our form builder works is like hmm. you you add a text field and you have the text field and it's actually rendered almost exactly like it will be on the live form. And you have to be able to, like there's just a lot of things that people expect to be able to do because it feels seamless and it feels like it, it feels like there's certain behaviors that come natural or, Mm -hmm. you know, like, things that they do with navigation or the keep keyboard shortcuts or stuff like that, that they expect to, to work, but we're mm-hmm. building this from scratch and there's just so much stuff that we just haven't built yet. And it, yeah. it seems so simple, but it's not like, it's just layers and layers of complexity. And it's like, everyone is like, how, why, like, I need like WYSIWYG. Like I need to be able to paste a link and I need to be able to do like a bulleted list and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, mm. that's, sounds really simple like what we we should just like enable links whatever (laughs) but it's like yeah that's it then we're talking about like letting you add your own html can you use that in a in a in a bad way like an insecure way like what types of links do we allow what Mm -hmm. types of scripts stuff like that it's like then it starts to get really gnarly yeah that's where we're at right now it's like this, what happens when you hit enter? What happens when you hit backspace? What? It, it, but we, and we literally have to. I think in a 
on a like a hundred times more complicated uh, way, this is some of the things that they deal with at Tuple as well, I think, because we have mm. to mention them. <laughs> um, but it's like when you're building something from most like basically from scratch, it's like people have a lot of habits and expectations from other products and the bar is really high with software these days. Yeah, it is. It's uh it is really high and and these tools that you can create and do things in builders and and whatnot like even just, you know, with the version of Summit like 2 weeks ago, I'd have an event uh event highlighted and I'd hit like the backspace to delete it and nothing would happen. And it's like, yeah. oh, that's not you didn't create code that, that part. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that doesn't just happen on its own. You have to actually make those things do those things. And so now it does. Um, or even even something like undo. You know, undo is something that I really wanted to hit. So I hit undo. It, it implies it, that you have a version history. Yeah, it didn't undo anything. And then it's like, oh, this should undo something. And then the question becomes like, what what can you undo? Can you undo yeah. anything? Like how far and you know all these things so um eventually and over time and i think you know if it's helpful what i'm trying to do right now with the product management hat on is think you know what what of these things are post traction problems i mean like post initial traction problems where if somebody's complaining about undo it's because they're already really engaged with the tool to some extent probably maybe even paying for it like it's it's annoying but and maybe that's a bad example maybe maybe we don't get there with that but then there's other things where it's like yeah i really wish i could do x and i'm looking at the list right now going oh yeah me too but that's only a complaint if you're already using the tool pretty successfully mm. and my goal right now is to remove the things that are going to prevent people from having any success with the tool not to improve or increase the amount of success that people have that are already being successful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Corey Haynes put out a new put out a new video, or sorry, I put out a video showing his form, but he put out a form, a new form last week for a marketing bootcamp that he's he's putting on, and hmm. he his reform form. I kind of want to say reform, but I got negative feedback, but I still kind of just want to say reform instead of reform form. Anyways, his <laughs> reform, I'm just going to say it now, is a landing page. Like it's, it's yeah. got different levels of headings. It's got like emojis for structure. It got, it's got like, for example, we don't have bulleted lists, but then he, I guess, copied like the, the dot that you have in a bulleted list from like some sort of like ASCII chart or something like that. And, mm. and just created a paragraph for each bullet. So he like he found a way to do a bulleted list, even though we don't support it. Yeah. And that's like that's <laughs> literally what they're describing in that old uh, product use of it article that we referenced a million mm -hmm. times in this podcast. It's like, yeah, people are becoming power users, like, and they're mm -hmm. tweaking your products and testing the boundaries and stuff like that. But it's in the sense like, Core is just providing a feature roadmap for us. He's like, here's all the things I needed to do. I found a way to do them, but I'm probably like, you know, top 5% of people willing to like do crazy things to make it work. Mm -hmm. Now, workarounds are the sign that a product is succeeding in market. Yeah. People don't develop workarounds or even cope or accept workarounds if the product isn't valuable enough. Every like, workaround that or every like 
you know hoop that he had to go through was like uh, that's an a great opportunity for him to give up yeah exactly like it, the fact that he was willing to persevere <laughs> and create a workaround um and then you know the nice thing is you step back and those are the cow paths that are getting walked between the sidewalks that you put down and you go okay it's clear, pretty clear now yeah. where to pave next. <laughs> and like Bjorn and I, like we we kind of talked about, like we'd never seen a reform that looked like that. Like we'd never right. seen one that was so long, for example, <laughs> or like just used in that way. Like he made yeah. some, like he used the thing that we made to make something mm. that we hadn't even imagined in a in a sense. It's yeah. so weird. People are makers, man. Yeah, That's pretty pretty deep. Yeah. Um, should I roll into my actual yeah. update or do you have, do you have more in the, do I have talk anything the... else? Um, I think, I think the, the last part is I think we've zeroed in on our initial use cases for it, which feels really good. Uh, you know, how, what are the kinds of things people should be able to build with the first version and what are our expectations for that? And I think the summary would be, these are, what I call um, ephemeral sheets, like the kinds of models and sheets and calculators that people build in a spreadsheet or go looking for online that maybe they use, you know, for a week or two, have some kind of purpose. And they aren't necessarily operational, but it's really important when you're in there doing it. And it's it's basically trying to create, <clears throat> creating a tool that somebody can turn to again and again and again maybe to create different things each time and then maybe go back to something old and say, Oh yeah, I should, I should extend this or improve it somehow. And so those use cases have come, kind of come to the surface. We're still working through what those are, but I like that too, because um, the thing that I realized as I was doing that was, you know, I've described it as a whiteboard that can do math. Mm. Um, and I think it became obvious to me. So I created a flywheel with it on Friday or maybe even, I think it was Friday, created a flywheel and I shared it out. People really seemed to love it or it resonated, you know, compared to other things I've shared. Um, just because a flywheel is so diagrammatic, so visual. And I, I realized when I was doing that, I was like, oh, I, I want to place like an Amazon logo next to this flywheel because it, it was Amazon's flywheel. And I was like, wait a minute. And I also want to be able to write a little bit of text, you know, and I want to put like a box around some of them. And I was like, oh, you know, these are the other kind of lightweight visual whiteboarding tools that I want to have in Summit. Yeah, I like that. You know, it becomes a, like a dashboard. Like it's, it almost becomes, I'm going to say it, it's almost becoming a no-code tool <laughs> because mm. you can build out then you could build out when you're saying whiteboard that does math, I'm like thinking about like a, like a gecko board or something like that, but like, obviously like way more flexible and, and more, you know, interactive between the different things that you have and not mm -hmm. just pulling data out, but you can still like, I mean, you're going to allow people to still like connect to metric sources and stuff like that for like, yeah. is it like your version of Zapier or something like that. Yeah. So you, it, it's a whiteboard that does your math. <laughs> yeah. It's not just, it grabs numbers and then, you know, but it's grab numbers, run, you know, run some algorithms, run some code. So I, I built a calculator this morning and I was like, you know, this calculator is the kind of thing that could be created by Redfin or maybe they want to 
put their logo on it or sponsor that or create that or whatever. And it was a mortgage versus rental calculator, right? But it's, it could also be like a long-term calculator, right? Like it's like it, mm-hmm. it, every time, I, I mean, I don't have to like type in what I'm calculating. Like I can just like open up the, that canvas and see what it is today. Yes, right. So we can make these living models. So I could go right? every day and check my runway, for example. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I think it starts with kind of a non-operational use case and then yeah, we add the integrations and, and plugins over time. But I think on the on the on the whiteboarding side, it just really helped because we've gone so deep on the math math side, like its own language, calculations, etc. And it's been cool to be able to add these boxes and arrows. I just realized, wait a minute, adding simple shapes and images would also dramatically increase the value of the tool because now you are now you're sort of generally whiteboarding you know i could add text to explain myself um i could even add a chart next to one of the one of the boxes that just says you know and this is how this has been going over time like it's just the amount of you talk about what Corey did if we give people the ability to do text text and shapes and images suddenly what people can make with summit kind of explodes as well in terms of the potential use cases so um so i think we're gonna lean a little bit in that direction after we clean up and remove some of the ui ux friction and and then i think we'll be ready for i think i'll love it i think we'll all love it and so we'll be ready for launch yep can't wait that was yeah yeah everyone's saying that i I, i'm not it's not ready yet but (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. this feeling (laughs) yeah sure so yes why don't you finish um or go into your proper update as opposed to just being cross-examined <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean we want to we want to get these things on the record so when we listen back one day we know that we did something <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's why we're doing it, right and then for the yeah. thousand people <laughs> yep yep that too uh we launch a bunch of things uh so i guess that's the maker update part well i want there's one thing i want to say on the on the whole launch thing like the the thing that I'm really excited about right now, that's like keeping me really optimistic right now, because there's a lot of things that isn't keeping me or making me pessimistic. Like there's a lot of still like things that I'm stressing out about and worrying about and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But one thing that's making me very optimistic is we like, it kind of sucked to make the decision not to start sending out invites last week when we really wanted to. And we kind of just want to get to that truth moment where it's like, we start to learn if other people, people than you know the the initial like friends and friends of friends and stuff like that will use it um but even though like we're we haven't started launching yet like every week like there's a you know two people or something like that that end up becoming customers mm-hmm. and great yeah <laughs> that must feel just, so it, good man it just keeps us going because it's like we're not really trying hard. Like, there, I mean, I'm messaging people, especially people if I've, I've talked to them already or if they have a really good use case, like I'll email them and see if it is a good fit now. But mm-hmm. like every time we're like, hmm, should we launch? Should we wait? There's someone who's ready to become a customer and they sign up and we get their feedback and it's it's just fuel and it just, it feels very good and it feels different from from how Brange felt where it was a struggle to get anyone to actually use it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's just one thing I'm very optimistic about. 
What what percentage of I, I just full of questions today? What, what how many of your folks that are paying are collecting submissions live or have a live form? Uh, everyone who's paying have a live form, I think, but not wow. all, probably only half of because they that's when they pay now is when they need to go live. I don't ask them to pay oh, yeah, before yeah. they have the form ready, but um, no. some of their form, like some, like a few people haven't really, you know, put, send out their forms to people or started really using it for anything. But I think some of them will probably cancel. Probably the, some of them probably just think of it more as like a tool in their tool belt. Now they have it mm -hmm. for when they need a form. Yeah, because it's right. not like it's not that very expensive or anything like that. Exactly, exactly, and and you know, you know you're gonna you know you're gonna need one eventually. You've chosen the one you want to use when that time comes, unless yeah, it, you know, unless a year goes past and you never build a form, you're probably just gonna keep it until that moment comes. You know, which yeah, is probably I mean, I paid for a convert kit for years, and I send like two emails a year or one a year or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's just something yeah. you have to have. Yeah. I, I th um, it's a it's a tool you have to have, right? A, a form builder, sort of this indispensable thing for a lot of people. Yeah, I think so. I um, cool. Yeah, on the maker front, like we launched some really great things. We got multi-page out last week, and I made a video about it. Um, that was kind of like it was fun to make it. I made it more. Uh, it was a different format. I <laughs> I I told Bjorn that I tried to make it more YouTuber style. And he just gave me such a hard time about that. And he was just the whole, like he just kept like every, like everything I said about anything after that was like, yeah, it must be hard to be a YouTuber. And like, he was just giving me such a hard time. About it. But then when he watched the video, he actually really liked it. And first I didn't know if he was joking, but he, he wasn't joking. He actually did like it. So it's great. It's great. Yeah. And then we uh, we shipped embedding, which um, I hadn't thought of. Like I was very skeptical about embedding, but it was kind of like something that a lot of people wanted because in my mind it's like, yeah, but we don't want you to change everything about the mm -hmm. form. So like, will it fit in on your page? But then when I started seeing it on people's sites, it's like, it's actually very, like it's neutral enough that it looks natural. <laughs> and for for many use cases at least and then um a thing i shipped today was the ability to basically listen for when uh, for so the problem is when we redirect like one of the instead of showing a thank you page after your form is submitted you can redirect someone to a different mm -hmm. like your own website but when you're in an iframe when it the form is embedded the redirect will just happen in the iframe oh Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like a recursive <laughs> loop or Not something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the form nice. again in another iframe. Yeah, <laughs> I can just see this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you thought you were done? And yeah. It's so, a hall of mirrors. Yeah. So we shipped today the ability to do the, re so we can basically listen, figure out if the form is embedded and if it's embedded, the, the redirect happens on the parent. So the reason I did that was because there was a tiny seed batch company that wanted this as like a onboarding survey or questionnaire or not even like that sounds like there's like a hundred questions like uh, just whatever 
feedback form or si like after sign up, they just want to ask like, how do you hear about us? Or like, what are you hoping to do? Or what's your use case? Something like that, right? And they probably want to mm -hmm. change it sometimes. That's probably mm -hmm. part of the, why they don't want to hard code it into their own product. Right. And so I started thinking about like, what would they need to do that realistically? Like I kind of like did like a, a spec for it. And one of the, the things was like, obviously they would need to redirect because they don't want to show a thank you page when you're in the middle of a sign up flow. Like you need to go to the next <laughs> right. step in that flow, yeah. whatever that is. Yeah. So, and then, I don't know, I halfway through the, the day, I was like, wait, we had this for branch. Like I asked, like I had Bjorn spend like a day or two, like building out a, a, a survey for when people mm. signed mm -hmm. up. And every time I wanted a new question, like he had to change the view code that was building that form. And it's like painful. That, I, I loved having that form with that data. Mm -hmm. And reform a year ago would have been perfect for this. Yeah, there you go. And I'm like, and I, 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 I paid for it because Bjorn was spending a lot of time, like he was spending spending actual hours that he got paid for to build mm -hmm. this. So it means that I had willingness to pay, and I also like remember it being very valuable to have this form. And I was like, this is actually a really great use case for this tool. So now I'm super excited about embedding and it's something like I want to get, I want to get more SaaS companies to, to test it out because I think it's, it's such a great uh, use case. Just like people sign up. I want to add it to our own web or to our own app uh, tomorrow. People sign up, you know, email password. And then the next thing they see is like, you know, an options list and maybe like a text box to give you some sort of information about them if they want and then continue and they're in your app. And yeah, I think it's really great for that. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So we, there's <laughs> a few other things you would need to do something like that. Like you want to, you want to pre-fill some of the data and probably in the hidden field because right. when you get the data in reform, like you need to know the email or the user ID or something like that. So we mm -hmm. ship that as well. Um, the ability cool. to pre-populate the fields via the URL. Yeah. So we got a lot of stuff done, fixed a bunch of bugs and edge cases and stuff like that. And nice. yeah, so we're moving faster than I thought we would on, on these big features. So kind of like great. the main thing we're missing right now is some field types that we need. And okay, I, I probably, I like, these are not very, they, they just take time. Like they're pretty yeah. known, like we know what we need to build. Do you have multiple choice yet? I actually forgot to check. We have multiple choice where you can pick one option. We don't have multi select like you can. We that's the the next one on the list, basically. Okay. The ability to select multiple options from a list, and then okay, okay, I, I called it the wrong thing. I meant actually multiple select. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That, that, and then, so basically what we have now where you can select one, I think we're just going to basically turn that into also X, like something that can take more than one. And then third, we're going to also have an option to show it in a drop down, So it doesn't take up as much space if you need the screen real estate. Got it. Yeah. Um, cool. Nice. I uh, there is one more thing I kind of wanted to talk about. If you have time, I do. I do. <laughs> um, 
I talked I, a lot this episode, so I, I definitely do. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just something I kind of wanted to bring up. I Over the weekend, I, I, I kind of tried not to work, but I ended up working a bit, but more on like strategic stuff. And I, I downloaded some of the Intercom podcasts. Man, there are some really, really great ones out there. I remembered your, you had shared one about the, it was basically about corporate strategy versus product strategy and how they, the intersection between corporate strategy and product strategy, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. It's Intercom on product. It's so good. And oh, yeah. I recommend everyone listen to that. And then they also have a whole, like they have a, a, a book, a free book on marketing, but it's also available as a podcast and every episode is like 10 minutes. It's really mm-hmm. good. Um, there is one, uh, there is one about branding that I, I really recommend as well. It's just so good. Hmm. And it, it made me think a lot about like, yeah, strategy, I guess. And, and our yeah. direction um, over the weekend, one of the things I shared on Twitter was like, I, I was kind of struggling to figure out like, what are we, like, what do we absolutely need when we start sending out these invites? Mm. And then I kind of had the idea um, that from a- at Amazon where they write the press release before they write the, or before they built the actual product, mm-hmm. they write the press release to figure out what's just like features we want to add versus what's something that people are going to care about. Because when you're in press release mode, it's more obvious. Yeah. 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 So I just started writing basically like, what are the features I want to tell people about in that email? What are they like? And, and it was so helpful. So uh, that's like, that's something I can, I can definitely recommend. Um, but then it kind of like led me to the next, um, the next, level of thinking which was like for, like i asked like i, I opened up notion and i, I created a, a document called thoughts <laughs> and and i just started writing down questions and some of the questions was like for the folks for whom reform is currently too simple what are the most common features that they all need like basically thinking like an 80 20 like what like is there stuff that we can add like even if it takes a month or something like that that would get us over that hump and mm-hmm. it kind of it it also made me very like retrospective about branch because I mm. felt I feel like people actually were telling us what they needed, but the problem was that the thing that they needed was not something we could build. Like they wanted database syncing, basically, which is the holy grail in mm. WordPress that no one has found yet, and the, the, there's just no one has come up with a technical solution for it. And mm. if I had found a technical solution for it. Like even for WP Pusher, if WP Pusher had solved it, like WP Pusher would be like a million dollar business today. But hmm. it it's the the thing that's different about reform is that for all the features that people are telling us they need, they all like there it's all something we is all something we can build. Like we could just build it. It's more of it like, is it a good fit for the product? Like it's more of a we don't want to mess up the product. Right. And it's just like a very different spot to be in yeah that's cool yeah it's a better spot obviously yeah <laughs> um yeah what, what what's the the differences i mean yeah feasibility but i think i think what you described there is um it's like a whole other product or innovation that would be needed to do that thing as opposed to yeah a feature 
you know yeah, yeah that's what people I, are asking for then you're like oh man you know <laughs> yeah but like some of the some of the things that people want to use reform for when i hear it i'm like ah no we can't do that it's like the different whatever but it's like but we could like in theory <laughs> or mm. we could have like an add-on or whatever like there there would like it would or they would have to do something on their end but it's like none of it is right. unrealistic yep um and then I also like started thinking about like what would make people raving fans of the product? Like, because mm-hmm. it's so easy to just like, I think in my mind, I'm like getting so focused on just getting the basic features so we can launch. And I think that's fine. But also like, I just need to keep in mind that it also needs to be crazy good and really exciting for people to use. Mm. And then finally, like the last question I wrote down was like, what would make reform sell itself? And that was the exercise that really resonated with me. So I just started making a list of like features that I thought like, like, I don't know for sure, but like this feels like something that there will be someone out there who has felt the pain of not having this feature. And then when they see it, Mm -hmm. like they'll just shut up and take my money kind of people. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I think, um, so to what extent are you, hmm. What extent are you thinking or maybe like anchoring around, centering around use cases like reform for this use case of early access lists or reform for surveys or this? Are you, um, yeah, are you just kind of keeping those in your side view or is it more central? Yeah, I have different ways that I kind of evaluate them. Like the early access list use cases was something I was exciting about early, uh, excited about early on because we needed that. So it's kind of like our dog fooding use case. And then it's also a very simple use case. So it's, it's an easy one and it's a standalone kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The thing that I'm more excited about now, the like SAS onboarding, for example, it's like the thing that's different about that is it's, if it works, you don't, you're not going to shut it off again. Right. So it's, it's a good one to fight churn. Right. But then you also have it so you can use it for other things. And then it starts mm-hmm. to become mm-hmm. a no brainer. Like it's, it's good value because it's your, it's part of your onboarding and you get valuable information for it. But then yeah. every time you use it for something else, it's like, Oh, awesome. We could just use a tool that we were already paying for. Yeah. That's already paying for itself to do this. And then it starts like that. I think that's the kind of thing like that's that use case has high potential and it has a, a good potential for making people really have a really positive sentiment about the product. I'm really tempted to ask you uh, about expansion revenue with with reform. Like, yeah, I mean, it's sort of built in a number of responses and. You know, there are other things that I think is normal for form tools is like if you want to have more advanced flows with different types of logic, uh, you pay more. If you want to remove the branding, you pay more. Mm, Um, Nice. So there's different, it's kind of like, yeah, there are different ways you can go or you can go, you could go multiple ways, I think. That's great. Yeah. Cool. Pricing is something I I wrote on the killer features list as well, because it's like, what would make reform sell itself? And I thought like a a generous pricing model, it might not be the best move, but it, 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 you know. Yeah. One of the complaints about Typeform is that it's too expensive. (laughs) So 
what, what is something this? that's better than Typeform and is cheaper. Yeah. What does Typeform start at? Or free. I don't even know. But it's uh, free. Not, but super, then, like, it's what, not a super generous tier. Get various. Okay. Like 100 gets, replies or something like that a month. And then okay. it goes up to, it starts at 35, I think. But it okay. might only be 35 if you pay for the year. Ew. Okay. Uh, that's pretty. It's at least 2x then uh, what you're charging. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So if someone has ideas for killer features, <laughs> free to share them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I just, I found it helpful to kind of like force myself to think about some of these things as well, because we're so, we're so much in execution mode and it's not, it's exciting to get new customers. It's exciting to ship stuff, but it's also exciting to keep the big vision in mind and get excited about the, because in the, in the everyday grind right now, it's more like, it's a lot of like, people want to do something, but we can't do it. So it's like, it, it feels bad <laughs> mm-hmm. and, or it's like something is broken or something is styled the wrong way or like it, it's a lot of we're polishing a lot of things and like fixing things and improving things and adding ba- very basic things mm-hmm. so it's really helped on my whole like mental like because the way i think about it when or when i start to think about it's like oh i have this list of things that i think could really move the needle if we decided to to go the, that route Mm-hmm. but the tool is already selling like people are already buying the tool and using it in this current state yeah but i like i haven't you know i still have all the good cards on my hand like we we're still catching up to what other people people have and people are already buying it but we have all these other um ideas and things that we can do cool which is very different from branch where it's like we're dying but we still have ideas. There's still mm. three ideas left. Like, let's try another one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that, uh, that resonates. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, on a different road now, and I think actually the path is clear. But um, yeah, that's great, man. I think I, I haven't said this explicitly. And it, part of me hesitates because it just kind of sounds wrong. But like, I'm happy... As a friend, I'm also really excited as an investor because <laughs> I really think you're onto something big. Like, I think the reason I am is I sit there and I go, this is going to be a big business. I, I really think it's going to be a big business. And, you know, I'm, I'm I hope happy you're right. You. I mean, you, owe, you own a heck of a lot more than me, but like, it's just fun to participate in that and go, yeah, I, I think... I think other tools that were like this in the past, as we said before, I think maybe they were just kind of uh shut down cut down you know wound down too early or something but the need for this hasn't gone away so um and it's so I you're universal. right i, I could yeah. definitely still find the the bear case as well in, in my I dark guess. hours <laughs> i guess i yeah um to me that doesn't come until a lot later when it's like okay maybe growth slows down because bloatware is going to be difficult how many features do people need managing this complex product, keeping it simple hmm. when you've now served so many different people and use cases. Those are all going to be challenges, but those are all challenges sort of post-traction, like at scale right. almost. But I, I think the odds that the world just doesn't really need a clean 
powerful form builder feels <laughs> pretty low. So um, yeah, happy for you, man. Um, Execution risk then. Yeah, and that's a must, right? <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's mostly execution risk, and you guys know how to can't execute blame the product. Can't blame the idea this time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, awesome. Well, cool, man. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. No. I, and enough. I think, yeah. Um, <laughs> very cool. Good. Good chatting with you. Yeah. Likewise. Talk to you later. All right. Bye, man. Bye.